After years of speculation, we now know what happened to Rick Grimes after the bridge was blown up in the original Walking Dead series. We get more details in a new series, The Walking Dead, The Ones That Live. Andrew Lincoln and Janai Guerra work with Scott Gimple to create this series and even serve as executive producers. Let's examine some of the characters they meet in this series and the actors they play them. I recently attended a roundtable with this new cast. And this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. What is the relationship between these characters and Rick Grimes? Terry O'Quinn is Major General Beale, and he starts us off. Well, I'll start uh, for me, for... Uh for General Beale, the head of the CRM, anyone who comes in has potential to be uh, helpful or unhelpful. Oh, and then, and then, like, that's probably Rick calling me right now. Apologies. So uh, I just, I have to keep an eye on him. I see that he has a lot of potential. I think he's very smart. Thereby, he's, uh, he could be a, a gift or he could be a threat. That's pretty much where I'm coming from. More with the actors from The Walking Dead, The Ones That Live in just a moment. Leslie Ann Brent plays Thorne and talks about her character's relationship to Rick Grimes. I think for, for Thorne um, coming in, she, you know, they start off on a, on a rough sort of foot um, and she recognizes while she's made a decision and understands that this is her world now after she's committed to the CRM that Rick is struggling. And I think because of her own personal struggles, trying to get back to Cape Town, trying to get back to someone she loved, she's sort of like, even though they butt heads, she kind of befriends him and feels like, let me help this guy um, climatize, you know, to this world. And, um, they build like a really great friendship, but I do think she recognizes something like uniquely different about him compared to any of the other co-signees that they're with. Craig Tate is Donald Okafer, who has some big plans. I mean, yeah, I think I really touched on that one yesterday, actually, um, that between Okafor and Rick, there is this kind of a, um, and even including that, you know, phone as well, there is this, um, you know, orphan syndrome to where, um, you know, you don't want to accept a new home, right? Um, and obviously, uh, everyone has a past that they're trying to uh, either run from or make, you know, reconciliation with. And in Rick's case, he's trying to, he, he's trying to be very, uh, he's trying to hold on to his obligation to, uh, you know, um, his 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 affections and his loves and you know his um his dealings and obviously Okafor has different things in mind, but not only Okafor himself, but the nature of you know the Republic. Um, there are just just laws, you know, formalities formalities in place that um, Grimes can't go against, and Okafor is trying his best to let him know essentially that brother, you can't can't go anywhere. You're here, you're done. I was very impressed with the world building of this show. What impressed you when you first, you know, read the page and got to know your characters a little bit? What impressed you about them? I didn't, as I said, didn't really know the show. I talked with Scott uh, extensively and um, 
so he told me basically about this man, um, this uh, General Beale. And uh, I think I've come, I've decided that he's been at war pretty much his whole life, um, for better or worse. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think this guy is pretty straight and, and narrow-minded in a way. Um, uh, uh, he's, as I said, he's been a warrior his whole life, and that's what he knows. And so I think he's one of those guys that runs toward the sound of fire. Uh, he has a. Uh, I think he wants things to turn out a certain way. He's concerned, especially for the for for his community and uh, and for the future of humankind. Uh, uh, and he's going to come up with his own way of dealing with that situation. Uh, but it was it was enlightening to talk with Scott. Well, in terms, of, I said I'm ten years behind. And, uh, so tell me about it. Like, I'll give you twenty minutes. <laughs> so uh, we had, we had a conversation, and it was a, he told me what I needed to know. And uh, I have watched the first three episodes of uh, the ones who live. I didn't feel lost at all. I felt like it was uh, in just watching it. I feel fairly objectively that uh, it's a, I could have been watching it in a in a theater. Mm. You're cinematic, so um, that was my experience. Firstly, I love that they didn't set it up as a love kind of triangle, uh, Rick and her together or not. That was a big thing for me, mainly because I didn't want the heat from the fans. <laughs> but I also appreciated that they 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 found a way to tell to have a. a in a similar sort of Carol and Daryl way, like a platonic friendship in the beginning where maybe they butt heads, but there's genuine care for, you know, each other. Um, and even if their paths go there in different ways, um, uh, they, they're, they're, I mean, she's definitely looking out for him, you know, and committed to the idea that Okafor has presented to them about this new world and about what he feels needs to change within the CRM. Um, so I, I did love that. Um, obviously, the fact that I, I love that she was South African and not like a wallflower type character, that she wasn't also just one note. There's real vulnerability that comes with her strength although she, that she chooses or doesn't always show it, um, you know, and I think that's maybe what makes her and Michonne kind of similar. I feel like they, outside of this world, they probably would have been friends, you know, um, strong women who, who care madly and deeply about, you know, the ones that they love. There is a scene in the new episode where Thorne has somebody in her sights with her gun scope. And it's all about choices, isn't it? Well, for Thorne, I think coming from a, you know, Navy military type background, I think she's obviously seen, uh, she's been in action. Um, for me, getting into the skin of this character is made very easy by um, uh, the costume, actually, particularly the costume. Um, and so I found myself walking differently um, Hewland did such a wonderful job of like I felt like we all looked like it was designed by like Rick Owens or something this like mm -hmm. fancy designer it just looked very cool and badass but uh, stepping into the skin of Thorne was, was easy for me as an actress I think because I knew her um, I knew what like made her tick and the ease of being able to I guess take someone out I think it's like a metaphor you know 
it's we've had those moments in life where we've had met at, we've been at a crossroads and you either turn left or right or you make a good decision or you don't and and so that's perhaps what makes it easier for me to i don't know make the right decision at that moment <laughs> or not <laughs> what's it like to be part of this walking dead series for me you know having come from lucifer with a, like a big following and um and knowing what a show can mean to a viewer it it's still oh, like at times sort of realizing oh this is like a much bigger universe you know and fans are so incredibly smart i mean i see them dissecting the trailers and they're very they're very good um so i i just think i'm you know i strangely at the time i got the sh the what had the meeting set up with indians and i i had covid and i had just watched her in black panther and um and then i think like two days later i was you know meeting with her so it it was really for me wonderful and and incredibly special that both of them were such advocates of bringing my south african um you know heritage into the show for the first time it's an accent that you don't hear um outside of south africa uh it's very specific to cape town very specific to my community so um i do credit both denying indy for championing that um but it's pretty special and i think i think what i'm really excited for is for the fans who've been waiting so long for these two you know um that it's finally here it's like you know less than two weeks away uh in my case uh i don't know what to expect i was uh i'm i was not a member of the uh of the uh, Walking Dead universe, so it's all new to me. It's unknown territory. I mean, I'm familiar with being in something that was uh, that was highly regarded and watched by a lot of people. Uh, these people may be more passionate. They may take it more personally. These, these. Well, I want to say deadheads, but I'm not sure that. Uh, yeah, but um, I think that's what I'm going to use from now on. But uh, it's very exciting. It's good. You know, the production values are great. And, uh, people are wonderful. So. I mean, it's just a new adventure. Um, I'm very happy to be involved. Yeah, yeah, Terry, I got to use that one. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was saying, no, for me, I would say, I mean, it was just uh, uh, when I was 21, uh, I was 20 turning 21 in the first yeah. season, I had come out. And, um, you know, it, it's a full circle moment to never forget where you were when this first season had dropped. And then, uh, you know, sometime later now you find yourself a part of that universe that you have become so heavily invested into. Um, so it's kind of been a champion of two things, you know, one that there is some kind of weird irony, coincidental nature of the universe and life in itself. And uh, that too, you know, if you work, you know, steady enough, methodically enough to turn your dreams into goals and they do materialize. So. There is more of The Walking Dead, The Ones That Live, in just a moment. The mixing of the human story and the supernatural. I think any show that has any kind of supernatural or, you know, otherworldly element to it, the gift of those shows or films is that you get to tell human stories that aren't as confronting if you were just to put it in a normal setting, you get to touch on um, 
you know, uh, themes and ideas. And um, I think even speaking to what Matthew Jeffrey said yesterday, having a character who has dwarfism, it's not, there's no, it's not a big meal made about it. He's just a person who exists in the world as it should be. And, but I do think the ultimate goal in those, these kinds of shows is just telling the truth, you know, while the situation might be something we're not familiar with, I'm not typically stabbing people in the face <laughs> who look, you know, who are dead and coming towards you trying to eat your face or something. Um, uh, the, the, the friendship is universal. Love is universal. Betrayal and loyalty. Those are all universal themes. Survival is a universal theme. Um, and this big idea of like, we're in the, we're, you know, you're 12 years down the line and, um, you, you, the walkers have become something sort of in the background now. And now the focus is on the, the focus is on the humans and who is the biggest threat? It's us. <laughs> it's ourselves. You know, it's major Beal and his ideas. It's Terry. Blame it all on Terry. <laughs> yeah, I think as far as excessive, you know, we're talking about accessibility of a character. And, uh, I think it, uh, the farther out the situation is, uh, it might be a little bit more of a challenge. You have to use a little bit more imagination just to get to that place. Um, but so much of that just depends upon uh, the written word, on what they put on the page for you to say, what comes out of your mouth. And, uh, you know, the situation they set up. And um, I think that um, in my case, for my character, it's pretty tunnel vision. So uh, it, it's, uh, I, I, had, I had a lot fewer elements, I think, to consider than some of these guys did. But um, good writing is e much easier to do than bad. <laughs> um, I'll piggyback definitely off of Terry and Leslie on that one. I mean, you know, one, you know, here we are as humans in this universe, uh, in this Walking Dead universe, um, uh, uh, created by a very human individual and Scott Gimple, right? So human stories made by humans. So uh, definitely you're always going to have um, those things you relate to that, um, you know, keep you grounded, whether it is connection, whether it is search of affection, whether it is, um, you know, running from, um, you know, um, uh, qualms of the past or running toward this idea that um, of, of how the future may be for you, right? This future self or future circumstance. So I don't think it's too difficult. Like Terry just said, if the writing connects, right, then, you know, us as a vessel, all we're doing is, you know, adding one more texture um, uh, to the painting, which is the script itself. So if the writing's good, uh, as it is in this case, right, then, you know, you, you get the magic, you get the portrait. So I don't think it was too difficult at all. No, seamless. I've used that similar analogy to what Craig uses. I didn't. Uh, we don't get to. We don't get to draw the picture, mm -hmm. we, but we get to add some tone to the colors. Absolutely you know, on the painting, and that's uh, that's always a pleasure. That's what it's about. No, unless one day we're playing androids, right? <laughs> then, um, you know, I, we'll we'll figure that one out. You know, till that day comes. What impressed them about Andrew Lincoln? Andy's the one that I worked with almost exclusively. I, I, yeah. I worked with al almost no one else. Um, you know, we had, we had a couple scenes. Leslie Ann was in 
you know, a couple of those sort of large scenes, but uh, they were very brief, so I didn't get that uh, the pleasure of working with her as much as I would have liked uh, yet. But um, Andy was a when I say pro, I mean, that's pretty much the nicest thing I say about people in general. Somebody who shows up on time, prepared, respectful, helpful, you know, knows how a scene is supposed to work, who's supposed to, how it's supposed to pay off, who carries the load. Andy knows all that stuff, and he's a gentleman to match. Mm. So it was a real pleasure to work with Andy. Andy impressed me right at the beginning when um – I was up for two jobs, actually, and I tried to make it work for both. And he then sent me an email through our agency and just wrote me just the most beautiful email uh, about my tape and just meeting. And he was like, please do the show. We really, really felt like you got this character that can be a, a counterpart to rick grimes you know um in the way that we need her to we really do help tell a story and it was so gracious and one of those flattering things you know my favorite award my favorite awards is the sag awards because it comes from your fellow artist and actor who understands you know the process and so that was that was real very sweet um, but yeah, I mean, look, you know, Andrew uh, Lincoln, one is an incredible uh, thespian and also an even more incredible human. I just never forget, you know, there's always a shock value that one has when you're able to work with an individual of his caliber, right? You know, you've just grown to love so much over a decade on screen and then you have this idea of him built up and then you meet him in person and he's just so perfectly human, but he's also so perfectly this empath and this giver and also um, just this hard worker, right? Um, and he wants to share, right? <clears throat> and he has this uh, this way of uh, disarming you naturally uh, because, you know, once again, the shock is just there of who you think he may be. And then you're just completely thrown off with who he is. But the, 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 the two, you know, um, I guess, uh, functioning ideas, they balance off each other. You know, who you think and versus who you meet. Um, and then one, his work ethic on and off camera, um, what he does off camera shines as much as what he does on camera. And um, just his ability to uh, connect, exchange, um, and also deliver. And he just curates on, you know, on camera, just this environment where um, it's open to go um, as deep and as dark as possible and just be as weird and as open as possible, mm -hmm. you know, um, for both individuals inside the scene uh, to capture that magic, to capture, um, you know, that 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 moment of, of transcendence, right? So, but, but uh, in my opinion, that's who Andrew Lincoln is. You know, he, he's, he's a unicorn, you know, respectfully so. I think he's the reason a show can run for 12 years, you know. It has to come from the top. I loved how much he cared as well when I got there, speaking to what both of them said. It's like how prepared he was, how much open he was to listening to your ideas. And because all he did was want to make it better, you know, make it better. How do we make it better? Was there any evidence of his infamous behind the scenes pranks that Andrew Lincoln played on fellow castmates? Not that I know of, I gotta say. Um, <laughs> I'm not that I, I look, I think the shoot was so intense. Mm. You know, we had six episodes, we had like very limited time, the stakes were super high. I mean, we certainly had fun. 
um, him and I, because most of my work was with Andy, but I, I actually can't recall him pranking anyone. I think he was also actor and producer mode, you know, so he was solving problems, putting out fires here, making suggestions there, helping Scott with like script changes and then trying to get some sleep somewhere in between and learn lines um, and then doing it all again the next day. Maybe that's why, I don't know. I was not aware of that history. And and I'm kind of, he and I worked together. um, That didn't happen. So I didn't realize he had that kind of reputation. I'm sorry, I missed it. The Walking Dead, The Ones Who Live is on AMC and AMC Plus. Customizable podcast playlists, exclusive videos, special episodes like the Mix 100 podcast from listener-selected downloads. All this and more at Sci-Fi Talk Plus. Now with a thousand episodes that are uncut and a special offer for free lifetime access available for only a limited time. Click on the link in the show notes. Please no anonymous signups are allowed. I was very impressed with the world building, as I said during the interview. They really thought this one out. And I'm curious to see how this story goes. And the love story that is Rick and Michonne. This is Tony Tolado. Thanks so much for listening.